B-Pod Studios. Video games. Yes, you can! Comic books. Nothing is impossible. Sci-fi. Just anime. Do it! If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. What are you waiting for? This is Nerd Radio. Make your dreams come true! Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Nerd Radio all over the podcast page at WRAF.com. Wherever you get in your podcast, it's part of the Beepot Studios Network and on your social media at Nerd Radio 101. You're right over there, Chuck. No, I am Seemed not. Seemed like you had to take a running start at that intro. I really yeah. did. My name is Chuck Fiend, joined by Al Beck Jeez. and James, as always, this week for Nerd Radio. And this episode almost did not happen. It, that's true. Because yeah. Uh, it, yeah. working... Working through the Memorial Day weekend, I caught something. So a case of the sniffles. It yeah. started on Friday, and it just got worse and worse. And to anybody who was listening to me cover for Screaming Scott from 7 to Midnight Memorial Day, I am sorry. Oh, because oh, God, every single break was like, you're listening to 101 WRI. Like, after the first yeah. hour, I was like, I should not be here. Oh, I've I've, been, I've done like an overnight shift before where I was so sick and couldn't breathe. Yeah, that I got to a point where I was like, "All right, I got to take a look at my log and see what all of the stuff I have to read because it was paid for." Is yes, I'm going to read all of that and then I'm just going to sweep through and because I'm there's out. I'm not I'm not. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Like that's not good to listen to. And it's, Jeez, it's not good to hear standing right next to you either. Yeah. This only happens like oh. maybe two times a year yeah. that I will get sick and then I'll try and tough it out with the juice we talk about on the show. Yeah, that's right. It's the juice and the cough drops juice, baby. and the NyQuil. I'm telling you. And uh, after some soup. Some soup after about soup. after about three days, uh, I I give up. I tap out and I go to yeah. urgent care and they give me some amoxicillin too. Yeah. Uh, to, so I'm I'm bouncing back. Yeah. Well, you would text me to let me know like, hey, I'm not going to make it in on the normal day that we record. Maybe yeah. the next day, which is today. Yep. And uh, well, the funny thing is, and you had said like, if I can't make it in on Thursday, we're just we're just going to have to cancel it for the week. And you know, sure, we never do that. So you know, whatever. We we try to get it out every week, but if it Something comes up, something comes up, right. you know? That's how dedicated I am yeah. to you, the listeners at home. Right. The show must go on. Right. So, But the funny thing is, so it was already the show that almost didn't happen because you were sick, but what, what, what you may or may not realize is that this is the show that almost didn't happen twice. Yeah. Because, that, okay. yeah. because yesterday I went to James after the show and kind of gave him the heads up, like, hey, Chuck, text yeah. me, and... Uh, yeah, he's like, Chuck's sick. I'm yeah. like, oh. What's-? And so James looks at me and goes... Well, why don't we just do a show? Yeah, and I was we, like, I was, should we like, do something? Yeah, we're both radio professionals. Yeah. That seems this is completely reasonable. Yeah. Mutiny? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. But I was like, <laughs> my exact words were like, would he care? Should we just do something? Like, He's sick. We want to be a I part said, of it, but I said, no. Jefferson and I have done a segment solo before. Right. But no, he's encouraged us, and I've always told him, no, we'll make sure you're there. So I was like, yeah, you know what? We got some of our production to do or whatever, and I'll go look up a couple things, and then uh, yeah, I'm sure we could at least do one segment together, yeah. and then you know. So I go and I look up on a website, I get a, you know, sift through like three, four pages worth of stuff to find like four tabs to talk about, bring it into the control room where James's office is like, all right, man, I got these uh, few stories that we could probably go over. And I look at my computer's completely frozen up. I can't access my I'm like, oh my God. So I I got those four pages I could sift through again to get four four little tabs that was in where we're kind of going over. I'm like, I think it was about this and about that. 
He's like, he's rattling all these things. He's like, something's going on with with the Black Widow movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then, you know what that means. And we just kind of sit there and kind of like silently yeah. nod for a second. And James yeah. just looks at me and goes, there may not be a nerd radio this yeah. week. <laughs> well, my cell phone broke, so I'm more worried about my cell phone than I am right. the nerd radio show. I just looked at Al and Al, there might not be a nerd radio. <laughs> and, I see, and I agreed and we went home. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that you made the effort. You yeah, tried. We're trying. We're trying to help you out. Let you rest. And... That's, that's fantastic. No, I was telling Al uh, when I came in that uh, I spent the last two days kind of in quarantine uh, in my apartment, just laying on the couch, laying in bed, uh, reading comics and watching movies and, and playing video games. And the irony was not lost on me that if were were I in 100% perfect health, I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> there would yeah. have been no change to my day-to-day thing. I just, yeah. uh, I would have gone to work too, yeah. instead of calling into work one or two days. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the men. Nerd Radio is here. Uh, we, we are having an episode. We are having an episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that, having that's an episode. the title. That's yeah. the title. That's we are episode. having an episode. <laughs> so uh, let, let's hit oh. some stuff. Erica's going to come in. Uh, for for the next segment, we're going to talk about this past dude, Saturday was AEW stuff, yeah, dude. all elite wrestling double or nothing. Yeah. Did you get to see anything about I did it, James? Not, I did not. But, uh, uh, the wrestling world has changed. I know. John Moxley. Yeah, John Moxley. Surprise. Dean Ambrose is now John yeah. Moxley. Not to mention the fact he was on Chris Jericho's podcast, Talk Is Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode just dropped uh, last week. Uh, if you listen to the CM Punk episode of Colt Cabana's podcast, how he kind of took the task of the WWE and some of the problems he had with it. Dean Ambrose did the same thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, just, I know. I just read some high, some like highlights or titles of articles yep. and stuff just kind of detailing what he was talking about. Yeah, so, so. we're going we're gonna to tell you guys about that uh, coming up here on the show. But let's talk about some stuff that's happening sure. in the world of nerds. So The happenings. The happenings, right. Let's, uh, let's start with the comic books. So everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Tom King's current run of Batman. Yeah. Al, you're very good. good to know now. Yeah. So Al, you're, you're currently reading it as well, I think? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I am not current with it, but I am reading it. Yes. Well, Tom King announced that he is going to be... Uh, he was, exactly. He was supposed to do 100 issues of this, of this uh-huh. run, and then he was going to hand it off to somebody, and he announced last week... That he is going to be leaving with issue eighty-five. Oh, um, instead, which will be at the end of this year in December. Okay, uh, that will be his last issue. After that, uh, he is moving to a new twelve-issue series that is Batman and Catwoman. Okay, and uh, famously, this particular run of Batman has kind of revolved around Batman and Catwoman almost getting married. Oh, so we'll see. Uh, but it's that, a thing they continually come back to. Yes, you know, it's been an it has been an ongoing story arc throughout. You know, his entire run. Right. So uh, they, those two, I don't know if they will get married at the end of his 85-issue run, but they will be getting back together for a 12-issue series. And and in January, when that series starts, Batman will go back to being monthly. Okay. So there will nice. be an issue of Batman, and then two weeks later, there will be an issue of Tom King's Batman and Catwoman. And they haven't said who's going to take over the Batman book, but Tom King will be putting out a monthly book that will alternate every other week. I have a theory. So this 12-month run, or this 12-issue yep. run with Batman and Catwoman... I forgot the joke I was going to make. <laughs> you got our attention and then Batman it was gone. Bangfest. If it's called uh, Batman Bangfest. Bangfest? They did not get married. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. It's too bad Man. we already titled this episode because that's also a great one. Nerd Radio. I forgot the joke I, I was going to make. I for, you forgot the punchline. <laughs> you guys have no idea how many times that happens to me on a daily basis. <laughs> I think I got this money, this money line I'm just going to deliver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm ready. I'm like, <sighs> forgot what I was going to say. Darn it. You know what? I do that all the time, too. My problem is when I've got a really good joke, uh, my speech becomes dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Like, I start, all the words come out 
Backwards. All, the, like, all <laughs> the right words come out, but in different orders. In different in the order order that does not work. I know what you mean. There's sometimes I think I'm on the spectrum. Like <laughs> yeah. I have the words that I know I need to say, but I cannot put them in the right yeah. order to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Just help me, please. Yeah. All right. The other comic book thing I wanted to cover is uh, Marvel Comics announced through uh, social media and and at a convention that they are celebrating their 80th anniversary with Marvel Comics number one thousand. Oh, for crying out, god damn it! Um, that <sighs> hasn't actually there actually hasn't been a Marvel comic, you know, book that mm-hmm. has made it to issue one thousand. So it yeah. feels kind of cheap. Yeah. To make a Marvel Comics one thousand, oh, I mean, I've seen like a, they, I mean they've had one thousand uh, like. 1,000th issues before. I've seen, like, yeah. there was a Wolverine 1,000 that I had, I think I have a copy of, I don't know, but... But uh, this is going to have a bunch of people working on it. Al Ewing, who's currently working on Immortal like Hulk, is going to be working on, like, the bookend part of this. Yeah. It's probably going to be a $10 issue, much like uh, much like the Detective 1,000, or the uh, Action Comics 1,000 mm-hmm. that DC put out uh, Actual last year. Actual 1,000th issues? Actual 1,000th yeah. issues, yeah. But it's uh, they, they've named a whole bunch of uh, creators... That are going to be a part of it. I don't have the list in front of me, but it is massive. Everybody's going to be doing like one page. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna have to be something super major. <sighs> it's gonna have to be something really cool to make me spend ten dollars on a one thousandth issue. That's not actually the one thousandth issue of anything. I, I mean, I'll say this: that everything that it's on my subscription list that I'm already collecting. Yeah, I'll get that one thousandth issue. Right, but I'm not going to get anything extra. Like I, I don't really collect. X-Men. If yeah. I'm not going to get the X-Men 1000 just to have it. That's well, that's the thing. They're not, it's, it's just Marvel Comics 1000. That's it. They're not doing a cap or an X-Men or anything oh, like not. that. Nope. Just Marvel Comics oh, 1000. It's a one book. I'm out. No, I'm, one book. I'm good. Don't need it. Right. Okay. Well, at least they're doing... Still. Stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> that's how I really feel. <laughs> there's been, we've seen Marvel a, makes me so upset. Ever since Brian Michael Bendis uh, moved from Marvel mm-hmm. to DC, we've seen a lot of uh, people that we've connected with him, like Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction, <laughs> a lot of writers... Uh, as well as a couple artists move as well over to the DC side of the fence. Yeah. This is the first DC uh, person I've seen hop the fence over to Marvel. Oh, who is it? Patrick Gleason, who's currently doing the art on Young Justice with uh, Brian Michael Bendis, okay. uh, will be leaving DC like Comics to uh, courtroom porn. Young courtroom Justice. porn, Young Justice. <laughs> the dirty eagle. They know the law. Right. He will. Uh, he will be leaving DC to move to Marvel. To uh, starting with July's Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-five. Oh, okay. so it's a book that affects you. You're yes. going to get a new artist on there. I will read that in 2023. There you go. <laughs> right, right on time. Yeah. schedule. He was doing the writing and artist for Batman and Robin when it uh, started under the uh, New Fifty Two. Oh, so he's got a cool style. Uh, I'll be I, interested I remember, to see him. Uh, Peter J. Oh, it's a Tomasi or whatever his name is. I remember yeah. him writing that book. Oh, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe he was just the artist on it then. Could have been. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I just remember him writing Batman and Robin. No, he's maybe got that a, was before the New 52. I can't remember. He's got a I cool like style, like, and I want to see him. I'm not sure if that's how you say his last movies. name, but Peter J. Tomasi. I like that guy. Yeah. He did the Red Lantern book that I liked a lot. Sure. At least for the beginning of it. All right. Real quick, uh, video game-wise, I mm-hmm. wanted to bring up because... Uh, the, did you play the Ghostbusters game on the original the th- Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 4? Either of you guys? I the PlayStation little, 3? Yeah, I played through like the first level, the library level. Well, it's coming back. Woo! They're remastering Ghostbusters the video game. And uh, it's one of my favorite experiences on my Xbox 360. Okay. Uh, because it has the original voice cast, all four Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, nice. Winston, Peter, Egon, and, uh, and Ray are all in it. It is uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis were involved in the creation of the script. So, yeah, wasn't this repurposed like the the Ghostbusters number three 
wasn't this originally a script that was supposed to be a movie? Yep. And they just translated over. Huh, they made a game out of it, right? This is uh, for the, this uh, a couple of years ago when the 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 answer to the call Ghostbusters came out, and people were like, I just want Ghostbusters three. Mm-hmm. I always told people like, did you play this game? Because that was Ghostbusters three. Yeah. And uh, it's coming back remastered for the PlayStation Four, the Xbox uh, 360, and or the Xbox One and the Switch. Oh, look at that! So there you go. That's going to be super fun. Um, I'm I'm going to buy Ghostbusters a video game a second time. What should they do it on like VR, dude? I would play would a Ghostbusters cool. VR. Game. I feel like there was somebody worked on a Ghostbusters VR thing. Really? Yeah. I seem to remember seeing a Ghostbusters something in VR. Right. Um, I don't know if it was like one of those experiences or a game. I don't remember, but I saw something. In the VR store. I would right. the crap out of that. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you guys this week. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, Get the F out of here! Yeah, well, I know that... Uh, talk wrestling! I know, yeah, I know that Erica's coming in and we're talking about wrestling. I know that Meltdown needs to get in here as quickly yeah, as possible. That's right. There's actually a, a demand for the room uh, for sure. right away. So, so we, will, uh, we will reconvene next week for some more Nerd Radio. Thank you guys for uh, sharing the room with me. I hope I'm not contagious. Yes, oh, God. I, hope you guys, so. I assumed you weren't. I hope you guys do all right. And uh, I will, uh, Erica's coming in. We'll talk more Nerd Radio. What? This is Nerd Radio. What? What? Welcome back to Nerd Radio, wherever you're getting your podcast, part of the Peapod Studios Network. Uh, as I said in the uh, top of the show, this is going to be kind of a peculiar episode of Nerd Radio because uh, I don't know that it's going to be as long as most Nerd Radio episodes. But one of the reasons I definitely wanted to get an episode out this week is because of the events that happened this past weekend. What I'm talking about is AEW's Double or Nothing. That's right. It's time for the Squared Circle Roundtable. Erica is sitting in here with me. Welcome, so, sorry, uh, just very rushed, but I'm just, you sure. know, I, I got a lot of hands in a lot of projects right now, you're, but I'm happy to be here with you talking about wrestling because there's a lot of crap to right. talk about. Well, we were texting about it. You were, you were um, one of the first people to text me on like Tuesday and be like, hey, are we doing an episode? Because I really want to talk about Double or Nothing. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, that would be fantastic. And then I came down with a little bit of illness. So uh, I'm, I'm just getting in. It's a Thursday morning here, but I definitely... It's uh, I did, Tony Schiavone once historically said this will be the greatest night in the history of our sport. Once said it. <laughs> Adorable. And I don't think that that particular line uh, could ever have been more apt than this past Saturday at AEW's Double or Nothing because um, it's a seismic shift not only for the way the wrestling, the professional wrestling world is going to operate coming going forward. Um, but it, it was uh, it was a fantastic event, nonetheless. It all 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 around fantastic event. Um, you know, I I'm a very picky person, you know that, and I like to nitpick WWE. And I, in in my writing about the event, you know, I did point out that yeah, uh, early in the show there were a few like production miscues sure. and whatnot. And I'm sure once again, it's their first show. Uh, I'm not surprised that there were like a few like. Oh, they shot the wrong entrance tunnel, and the person was coming out of the right entrance tunnel instead of the left one. And, right, and uh, there was definitely a miscue with the timekeeper during the women six ta- uh, uh, six woman tag match. Sure. Uh, so, like that stuff happened. Um, I, I want to get all the negative stuff out of the way, and 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 to be fair, like point out some of the like the you know. The negative aspects, because look, I know I can easily be criticized as one of those fans. Sure, you're definitely and- you're definitely a fan that this particular style of wrestling speaks to much more than 
let's say me. Correct. There are definitely things about this show that by the end of it, I was definitely worn out by. Which is fascinating to me, and we will totally get to that later. Sure. Um, I will say, um, I hope they rethink the three-man announcer team. Um, if they if they don't, you know, it was their first show, and, like, how can you really practice for something like that? Right. Uh, JR, once he kind of got going, like, he sounded, he sounded, like, the timber sure. of his voice. He sounded fantastic. And once they kind of found their own lanes, you know, it, it, it righted... You know, they righted the ship, announcer-wise, uh, toward the end of the show. But there were some issues at the beginning. All in all, like, it, this is what wrestling needs. This is what this is what the WWE needs sure. more than anything. I have not watched Raw or SmackDown for weeks now because it's just not good. Right. You are wasting my time. Um, the only way to really, you know, react and like protest is to not watch the program. For sure. Um, hopefully they will kind of figure out what they need to do. And after the Moxley podcast, they better figure out what they have to do. Right. Because he certainly took WWE and well, really Vince McMahon to task for the creative direction of the product. Right. And we'll talk about the the recent Chris Jericho Talk is Jericho podcast featuring John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose. Uh, but first, let's go back. Let's talk a little bit more about Double or Nothing. Um, you want to talk about the uh, the commentary team. Um, could they move the teleprompter closer to the camera? Because... Jim Ross was staring at the cameraman's feet for a lot of those three shots, the the shot of the three people. Right. You know, (laughs) once again, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to um, situate where the commentary team is going to be uh, when they have their weekly shows. Once again, it's their first show. Right. They're figuring it out. Not Uh, to mention, what was the what was the guy with the luchador mask? I can't remember. Oh, that's Excalibur. Excalibur. Can all commentary wear wear luchador masks? Because I've never it's never occurred to me until I watched Jim Ross stare at the guy's feet that it's like, oh, he could be looking anywhere. Like it's let's true. just let's just make everybody wear luchador masks so I have no idea where their eyes are. <laughs> well, for you know, I don't know if you know this, but for anyone who's listening who doesn't know this, um Excalibur comes from PWG. And you know, obviously the Young Bucks have have a storied history with PWG. Sure. And Excalibur was on the call at All In. Uh, that one, it was well, Excalibur, Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor, and Don Callis. And then they would have like a, a rotating fourth on various matches. Sure. Um, I, I, I think if they got it down to JR and Excalibur, that'd be perfect. Um, Alex, uh, not really feeling him as the but then again I've never been one for three person like commentary. I think it's table. too much. I think it's too many voices. I think if you have two, solid. Right. You're good to go. Um I did definitely want to talk about this because uh Saturday night's double or nothing was full of nerds. Oh big ones. Um the the pre show which featured an amazing battle royal, which we'll get to in a minute, and as well as a singles uh match between Kip Saban and uh Sammy Guevara. Um ended when Saban hit his finisher, which is called the Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, you nerd! I, well, here's the thing. Are you upset that, like, this should appeal to you? You're a nerd. Like a big one. <laughs> I say that with a smile on my face. Okay. For sure. The, the, the same as when, when Cody uh, came out and he's dressed like friggin' Alucard from Castlevania. I'm like, oh, you nerd. Yeah, well, Kenny Omega with his uh, video game pants. Yep, looking like uh, a Final Fantasy character. Yeah, 
So, I mean, this is the nerds have taken over uh, and they're not just wrestlers anymore. They're actually in the front office, which is fascinating and very exciting. Okay, so let's talk about the Casino Battle Royal, because that was how they they kicked the night off. And there were a lot of people in there. And you're going to see, especially if you're you're somebody who listens to the show and you only watch, let's say, Raw and SmackDown, um, you, much like NXT, you're going to see a bunch of people who you are going to be meeting for the first time. And I think, especially with the Battle Royal, they did a fantastic job of acknowledging that you were meeting a lot of these guys for the first time. So let's give you the Cliff's Notes version of what you need to know about this dude. Yeah, they had a lot, like, I was at All In, as you know. Uh, so throughout the night, I was basically comparing everything to All In, which sure. which I was I attended. And I will say the All In Battle Royal was better, but I think it's just because it had bigger names. But this was, like you said, a great way to kind of introduce a lot of people to these new names that right. are going to be part of essentially the mid card of AEW. Right. So you have guys like MJF, who is outstanding. Yeah. Might some, be one fantastic heel work might on Saturday. Be one of the best heels in all of wrestling. Very punchable face. The most punchable face might be. Uh, you have a guy What is MJF sh- uh, short for? Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Okay. Very punchable name as well. Yes. And uh, j- I mean, an outstanding on the mic. Just, it's just a royal D-bag. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, you have uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, who is, you? A lot of us may know him. He's the son of the late Luke Perry, right. but he's he is this just this ripped, lean, wild hair. He yeah he. It's in the name Jungle he like, Boy. He looks like Tarzan. He looks like Tarzan. Uh, just recently signed Luchasaurus. I loved Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is badass. That is a, for a dude. Okay, so his name is Luchasaurus. So you imagine he has a luchador style of wrestling, but he is like a seven foot tall dude. He is massive. Wearing a a mix between a luchador mask and like a prosthetic that makes him look like a dinosaur. I know. And that is fascinating and a lot of fun. Fantastic. A, a lot of fun. I was I was happy to see him go as far as he did in that battle royale, and I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing more of Luchasaurus. Yes. Uh Jimmy Havoc was in the battle royal. Very very old school kind of uh um hardcore. Yes. He brought a staple gun to the ring. Well and and then speaking of staple guns, you have Joey Janella, uh who is also very much a I will jump off of anything, go through any sort of table. He had Joey Janella is a smoker and he sure. incorporates his smoking into like his gimmick and whatnot. And uh Jimmy Havoc stapled Joey Janella's lit cigarette to his forehead. To his forehead, right. Uh that was whew, that was Yikes! That I felt that all over. It just, oh god, people well, are crazy. That's one of the ways that I think uh, Double or Nothing really, really worked. Is all throughout the night they gave you a taste of a lot of different styles of wrestling. Right, uh, a better taste than you get in a lot of other products. W all of WWE's products included. Their products are very much. Uh, I don't want to say one style, but you you literally get like the style you get on NXT is different than the style you get on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. But you get that one style for that show kind of thing. They've definitely kind of put fencing around all the, the 205 guys and the NXT guys and that kind of thing. Uh, whereas um, very, very smartly, All Elite Wrestling is going to try and pull from a lot of different styles and give you kind of that uh, that three ring circus feel mm-hmm. that you, you know, got, let's say, back in the Attitude Era. Right. 
Uh, well, and then uh, we'd be remiss if we did not mention uh, Hangman Adam Page, who won the Battle Royal. Right. Uh, and one of the stipulations of the Battle Royal, if you won, you would go on to face the winner of the Kenny Omega-Chris Jericho match sure. for the newly uh, unveiled All Elite Wrestling World Championship title. Now, let's briefly talk about Adam Page, because leading into this event, up until about four or five days before the event, he was supposed to fight Pac, which yes. is formerly Neville yes. of uh, WWE. Pac is currently the Dragon Gate. Is it the heavyweight champion? I believe yeah, it's the heavyweight champion. Either way, he's like their top guy. I right. don't know if, if it's heavyweight or whatever. It's He's their main title holder. And yes. about a week before the event, he dropped out of the event. Um, and it, so it's one of those things. I every Every time I saw Adam Page that night, I thought, how far in advance was this booked? And how much of this was scrambling because now he's not going to have his match with Pac? Possibly. Um, you know, no one really is quite positive what all happened. Sure. Like, it's all speculation. No one really knows. Yeah, well, I, I think the, the easiest or the, the, the easiest speculation to come across is that they've been talking forever that the wins and losses in all elite wrestling will absolutely matter. Yes. And he is Dragon Gate's top guy. Mm. So they didn't, you know, all elite doesn't want Adam Page to lose in his, you know, first outing and the True. thing. But also Dragon Gate doesn't want their heavyweight guy to go and lose Please. on one of the biggest events he's gonna be on yeah kind of thing and you know what i can't uh it's it's one of the i I can't fault either party right you know i mean it's unfortunate they ended up um wrestling um overseas and that match is currently on i believe all elite wrestling youtube YouTube. yeah Yeah. and it's an outstanding match sure it's a shame you know it couldn't happen at double or nothing right uh but at least it happened in some capacity and there are a lot of ways in the last seven days that all elite wrestling uh through social media and through youtube and stuff like that have definitely endeared themselves as a company yeah. To the wrestling fans. Definitely. Of the world. They even, you know, I think it was 24 hours before, like maybe Friday or Thursday before, there was the video Cody put out saying, thank you fans. Before we even hit the first mm-hmm. match, thank you guys for taking a chance on us. And yep. then they had all the people that were going to be there on their cell phones, you know, taking short videos saying thank you. And uh, I think that went a long way, at least personally, to, you know, humanizing all these people. Well, it certainly can't hurt. I mean, they know what they're up against. I mean... You know, they're a brand new promotion right? in a very um, crowded field of wrestling promotions. Obviously, WWE is number one. But I mean, there's there's indies galore nowadays. Yeah. So they are fighting for attention and and eyes and viewers. So, you know, I mean, good for them for having the smarts of, of taking that PR route. Um I think before we even pontificate further, uh, uh, Kip Sabian and, and Sammy Guevara, they were the second match in the buy-in yes. pre-show. And uh, that was another great look uh, at two very young talents that, once again, will help build the mid-card. And, uh, man, Kip Sabian's badass. That guy's cool. Yeah, see, after the Battle Royal, I kind of tuned out a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, the, I did want to bring up, there were there were two characters in that Battle Royal that immediately captured my attention was that it, I definitely want to see what more of. Glacier? Glacier was not one of them. <laughs> oh, come Glacier on! Glacier was not one of them. Uh, one of them is uh, the, the human sloth, uh, Orange Cassidy. Yes. Uh, which this dude, if you have not seen this dude, he, he moves very slowly and very uh, just kind of eh. And he keeps his hands in his pockets. He, he hit the ring. I say he hit the ring. He rolled into the ring. And uh, gave Tommy Dreamer some of the most vicious kicks I've ever seen in a professional wrestling match. 
He uh, gave him what for? He did. Yes. Um, and it was it was hilarious and fascinating. Um, and the other guy whose name completely escapes me, he was uh, one of the Japanese wrestlers and he uh, had baby oil. Oh, Michael Nakazawa. And he just covers himself in baby oil and then slips out of anything his opponents do. Yes. And that is hilarious. Yes. I don't know how long that's going to be hilarious for me. But it was hilarious. Well, I think, you know, once again, Michael Nakazawa has been doing that for years now in DDT. And, you know, they're, they're a promotion in Japan that kind of prides themselves on, like, nerdy, comedic stuff. Absolutely. And, and you know, I... Th- I think the creative direction of uh, AEW is kind of smart enough to know not to go to the well too many times yeah. and, and, and utilize it when it is appropriate because you you don't want burnout, uh, right. especially on something that is genuinely funny. Right. For sure. And it's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Orange Cassidy. I don't think he is an actual signee uh, or, or he's under contract with AEW. You know, they had a fill. They had a fill battle royal and they had a uh, convention and a lot of wrestlers were in town. So I'm sure they probably just said, hey, man, you, you want to do this? You want to yeah, okay. be in the ring for five minutes and right. be on this big show? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was the thing with both those characters, as fun and funny as they were. Um, that is not a gimmick that gets you to a heavyweight title. That's true. So it's the kind of thing that, you know, like, I'm happy to see them, but I wonder for the sake of their careers, how long Orange Cassidy can continue to to run this gimmick or how long this guy, like you said, that's been in DDT can continue to cover himself in baby oil. And I mean, Orange Cassidy has been a thing for a few years now. So well, that's good. Once, so, again, yeah. once again, I'm being introduced to these people. Right. Thanks to Double or Nothing. So if he's been doing this for a couple of years, then he already knows how to keep this fresh. Yeah. And I think they're well aware that like this isn't something that I'm I'm not I'm not going to get the heavyweight title with this. Right. But there is I I'm a firm believer in that there is a place in wrestling for weird comedy stuff I like agree. this. And once again it's all about balance. So, you know, I I I I hope they know how to balance it in AEW and I think they do. Okay. Well, let's take a short break. Yes. And we'll come back and we'll cover the rest of Double or Nothing. We'll talk about John Moxley. Uh, formerly Dean Ambrose and Nerd Radio will return right after this. This is Jake the Steak Roberts, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. All right, let's talk some more wrestling here. Some more Squared Circle Roundtable for you on uh, Nerd Radio, part of the B-Pod Studios Network. Erica, yes, dear. we had a fantastic uh, night of wrestling Saturday. I don't know about you, um, I went to a friend's house to watch Double or Nothing, but I watched the, um, the pre-show sold me. I watched the, the Battle Royal, and, oh, yeah? and then the Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara, like I said, I checked out a little bit. I was a little exhausted mentally. Uh, also, I've been fighting through some illness right. all week, uh, but by the time the free show was over, I, I texted my friend who was getting double or nothing. I'm like, look, I know you told me I can come over. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to come down with something. I don't want to share my germs with everybody, uh, but if I am still, you know, if you guys are willing to take that chance, I would like to see this event. And he's like, come on over, dude. Well, that's that's well, that makes my heart full right. to know that, uh, you know, that, that it's it sold you. Right. And and clearly, once again, uh, and they've said this before, despite numerous call outs during the uh, the broadcast, uh, you know, this is an alternative to WWE. It For is sure. in no way trying to dethrone WWE. There is no way that is going to happen. They've got Murdoch money. They have Saudi royal family money. Right. They are not going anywhere. Right. Uh, so I went uh, over to my friend's house and I watched everything from Double or Nothing except Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. That match started, and beforehand, they every match st- had a 30-minute time limit. And I'm like, okay, cool. 
Right? I like I like time limits. Yes. One of the my favorite things when Impact Wrestling started uh, their TV show was every match had a ten minute time limit. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right. Um, but every thirty minute time limit match went to like twenty nine and twenty nine seconds. So when they said Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega had a sixty minute time limit, and I got to be up and to work at two a.m., yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll catch the highlights of this tomorrow, and uh, and went home. Um, but let's quickly let's quickly run down the card and and you know give people kind of a, what they expect. They they opened the actual pay per view itself with Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, and Kazarian, uh, mm-hmm. three guys who have worked in almost every indie SCU Impact, uh, uh, Ring of Honor, just everywhere against uh, what's what's dubbed here on my run sheet as the hashtag Stronghearts, uh, T Hawk, not the Street Fighter character, the wrestler, <laughs> uh, Sima and uh, El Lindeman. Great match. Uh, Six-man tag match. Lots of high spots in there. Ended with uh, what they're calling the best Meltzer ever, which is Christopher Daniels doing the best moonsault ever, which he's been doing for decades. And it is beautiful. Right. Uh, I've always loved Frankie Kazarian because he looks a little bit like Antonio Banderas. Okay. I can... And I've always thought, like, that guy looks like money. That guy needs (laughs) to be on the top of the card kind of thing. Um, But uh, a fun match. Uh, Definitely a, a... independent wrestling style of match lots of false finishes lots of very impactful high risk uh offense going on in this match uh next match they went with a different style of match they had the what was supposed to be the triple threat with the girls mm-hmm. which would turned into a fatal four-way Britt baker who is the girlfriend of adam cole baby and uh who is who is a dentist fighting kylie ray who is uh apparently all elite wrestling's version of bailey Pretty much, yeah. Um, versus Nyla Rose, who uh, I, th- I thought looked fantastic, had a great uh, great ring gear, and uh, all three of these girls, different body types. Different body which types. Which is great. Different body types, different wrestling styles. Yes. Different personalities. And I feel like this match really, and we'll, you know, before we get to the, the surprise fourth person, it really set the table for what the women's division of all elite wrestling is going to be. Right. And it, it basically said, like, it's not going to be an afterthought, right. which is fantastic. And then they, uh, uh, Brandy came out and announced that the fourth person in this match would be Awesome Kong. Yeah. Who uh, WWE fans may know for the cup of coffee she was in there uh, as Karma. Um, and uh, that it was it was a fine match. It was a lot of fun. It Once again, different style, not as high flying, not as quick. Um, however, uh, I, I liked it. There was a ladies match later on in the night that mm-hmm. definitely overshadowed this match to me. Yeah, because the later later on in the night, which I'll just skip ahead to, uh, they got a bunch of what they call Joshi wrestlers, which yes. is Japanese female wrestlers. It was a six woman tag in that match. Those ladies were not afraid to hit each other. I, it, I what I love about Joshi's is they sometimes can be like the rail thinnest of women. Yes, uh, and just brutal just throwing themselves at each other and, you know it's similar to to a to a cardi sane uh where it's, you're like look at look at you you just Little adorable tiny you, four you foot would, three Kyrie sane you're, you're so adorable. sweet and right. then it's like oh my god she just did this like yep. it, amazing because there were a couple of uh there were a couple of spots during the uh the four-way match where a girl completely did not connect with another girl yeah and that that'll that'll take you out i don't care what product you're watching that'll yeah. take you out of the match completely so the next match featured uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, and his his best friend Trent. Uh, was it Trent Seven? No, no, no. That that's Trent's, different. Yeah, no. Trent Beretta. Trent, Trent, Trent Seven is the uh, 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 British strong style, burly, yes, okay. adorable man. Right uh, against Jack Evans and Angelico and Angelico and Helico. Excuse me. And this is where I started to get a little wore out. 
I I do love the the uh, the video for the best friends, which they posted what on. What the hell is that? No one knows what's going on it's there. So there's, great. there's puppies. There's aliens. There's ghosts. Uh, who knows? Who knows what the whole world is going on there? Uh, however, this match, much like the first match on the card, full of false finishes, high flying, hard hitting wrestling, and that's cool. Except I, I hearken back to the first time I watched NXT when it was like Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens and Neville were all in the match and something like that. And like once I've seen a match with two guys and they've both done tope yeah, suicidas yeah. out of the ring and then the next match has both guys doing tope suicidas out of the ring. Like it's OK, I've, I've seen this. What else you got? Kind of thing. OK. And uh, for me, by the end of the night, uh, the, there's uh, by the time you got to the Young Bucks who uh, all the, this match very much the same style the Young Bucks were about to wrestle. Yeah. The th- six-man tag at the beginning, very much the same style the Young Bucks. That's the tag team style they want to push mm-hmm. with all elite wrestling. Cool. I get that. That's that's awesome. But every time, by the fourth or fifth finish, where that man should be dead, right. and he kicks out at two, uh, what... What are you going to do? Okay. Well, I mean, look, I think that this comes down to just a difference of taste. Sure. Um, perhaps Best Friends versus uh, Angelico and uh, Jack Evans could have been a, a little shorter. I thought the match went a little long. Right. Uh, even though I, I do love Best Friends so much. Uh, I, and I thought it was, yeah, I think it does just come down to a matter of taste. And maybe they could have change the card around a little bit but at the same time i feel like the entire night the card just had a constant rise there right. was no like dip in the action it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger i would agree with that um, even, even with the problems that i i had personally with taste wise as far as style correct and i will say when it comes to the young bucks match with the lucha bros um if you're if you weren't following bte and like what's been going on 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 uh being the elite you know the young bucks youtube series with with pretty much everyone that was on the show sure um you know they were running like an angle like you know they they haven't been wrestling on the reg because they've been you know trying to get ready for this event and running a uh, a promotion right. so there there was like this whole like ring rust uh gimmick right. and there were parts of the match where like there was clearly some disconnect with the young bucks and that was harkening back to being the elite so if you weren't kind of aware of that storyline per se maybe it was harder for you to, to kind of focus on little things going on in the match it's weird because it makes me feel like jim Cornette. like i watch like i said i watch these series of the most impactful thing I have ever seen, followed by a two count, followed by them getting their win back so they can do the next most impactful thing I've ever seen, followed by a two count. Mm. And it's like, if you'd end the match, like the second time I saw the most impactful thing, you could have saved the other thing for a match down the road True. and given it to me. Like psychology wise, it wears me out. Okay. I mean, once again, you know, I think that's where you and I differ for once. Sure. Which is, I mean, kind of groundbreaking <laughs> for this show because right. you and I pretty much see eye to eye on everything. Right. Um, but I, I get it. And, However, and- uh, you know, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be pooping all over the show because um, after the that match and then the six woman Joshi match was my match of the night. Same. Cody and Dustin Rhodes. And that definitely harkens back to a style you are more familiar with from watching a WWE product because you have two guys who came up in that a particular company. Right. And I think what made it so impactful too is the fact that it followed so much high flying. Sure. That, you know, in a way it it was 
it was like a palate cleanser, absolutely, if you will. And just if, if that was the if the WWE style was the only style you saw for three hours, then it gets dull. Yes. In the same way that if all I see is this tag team wrestling young buck style for the for three hours, like ah, I don't. What else you got, man? Right. Um, but once again, I think they did a real good job with the card itself, trying to separate the different styles and give you a, something a little bit different, match after match after match. Uh, something that bears mentioning uh, before the Cody and Dustin Rhodes match, uh, there was the chair and the sledgehammer. Sure. There was which... a, there was a version of like Triple H's throne, and yes. uh, and Cody took a sledgehammer to it, and there was a little bit of pyro that went with it, and it was it was a statement. Not so much against the WWE, which I think a lot of people took it as, but it was a statement uh, with the promo that he'd given ahead of time, saying that he's looking to kill the Attitude Era by, you know, killing his brother yes. in a wrestling sense. And also, and because and, and a lot of people were, were kind of losing their minds, uh, wrestling Twitter has been interesting the past week absolutely uh, to say the least and a lot of people are you know a lot of pro wwe people are you know you know how it can get sure uh but people were losing their mind over this in a negative fashion keep in mind triple h called them a pissant promotion during the the wwe hall of fame ceremony right so who fired the first shot sure. so calm down everyone this is why we like wrestling we want more of this right and it was uh, it was a fantastic match. It definitely harkened back to an Attitude Era style of time because um, Dustin Rhodes, formerly Goldust, bled all over that arena. It was everywhere. I was I was genuinely concerned. I'm like, can we end this match just so the the man can get some medical attention? Right. Yeah. And it's it's interesting uh, being being older than I was back when this stuff was commonplace yeah. to watch something like that and be genuinely concerned for the performer instead right. of like this is awesome. Yeah. Look at all the blood. I mean, it was. I mean, it was all over Cody. It was all over Earl Hebner. Yeah, who was roughing the match? It, ooh, right. Ooh, it was. It, thank goodness they changed the match. I was going to say I made a joke afterwards because the next thing out was uh, Bret Hart uh, with the AEW belt, and they had like a, a red carpet out there. I was like, I know Cody, or I know Dustin <laughs> bled all over that ring, but I didn't realize he got the entire ring red. Jesus. Yeah, and but um, a, a surprise to see Bret Hart. Well, I mean, I would love to know um, <coughs> if if they paid. Brett, I know Brett took to social media afterwards and said like Cody had called him personally and asked him to do this. And Brett said he was honored to do so. I think they just let him know there'd be enough security. No one was going to jump the rail and, That's and true. tackle him. But also as part of, of the unveiling of the belt, they, they you know, um, Hangman Page came out, MJF sure. came out and did that outstanding promo, which you could tell like Brett was smirking. He a was. He, <laughs> MJF was doing his best heel work and Brett was the most entertained person in that arena. He was having the most fun. Yep. Uh, but then, you, you know, Jungle Boy came out and uh, Jimmy Havoc and uh, was Joe. No, not Joey Janelle. He wasn't out either. But like the uh, those three guys, Hangman Page, Havoc right. and Jungle Boy kind of just took uh, MJF to task. Outstanding break. After a really dramatic match. For sure. For sure. Uh, then you had the the Young Bucks retaining the uh, AAA tag team titles over the Lucha Brothers, which, once again, I've not seen a bad Young Bucks match. However, this late in the card, I'm exhausted. That's true. Very true. And, um, and then, well, I mean, shoot, have, what have you now, what have you seen of Jericho and Omega? I saw their match in New Japan. Okay. Um, and while it was good... New Japan's style of wrestling isn't necessarily a style that I love because it they take so much time to tell a story 
and I definitely have the kind of uh, attention span that like I I want WWE to go back to five minute matches. Really? I don't, okay. I don't want matches that go multiple segments. If you've okay. got a match that goes multiple segments, put it on pay per view. Okay. In my in my weekly show, you have such a deep roster of people that we never see in a three hour show every week. Friggin' give everybody one segment to get their match in and out, man. Fair enough. Um, but Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, I did watch afterwards because, of course, the uh, the big news was once the match was over through the crowd. John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, the reaction of the crowd, the rippling of of like people freaking out and then everyone going like what the hell's going oh my god right and then okay so jr said that he did not know he uh moxley was going to show up right do you believe jr i don't know that i've it's, it's wrestling man it's it's a very kind of uh carnival atmosphere so like i don't know i don't know who's working who at this point and i, I don't care and neither do i and, and i will say um jr's call fan Fantastic! Like the the perfect compliment to the moment itself. It, it oh, like what an amazing way to go out of the pay per view with yeah. that, and then uh, uh, Moxley going after Kenny Omega, which and those... then brawling instead of him just like taking him out like he did with Chris Jericho and the ref, right? You know, which leads you to believe that okay, Kenny Omega. That was the thing too, is that like everyone except Kenny Omega that essentially runs the company won a match. Someone had to lose. I, I agree. Was, I was. I agree. But after like when the Young Bucks won, I, I was, started to get a Jeff Jarrett taste in my mouth. I was surprised that the Young Bucks won, uh, but maybe the uh, AAA belts, maybe the Lucha Bros will eventually win those back. I'm sure. Um, and, well, and they I think may we'll, want to do that in Mexico. Right. We, I think with uh, all elite wrestling, we're going to see a lot more uh, interplay with all the other promotions. Mm. As long as everyone can be treated fairly, right. then we will when you know somebody inevitably goes to NXT or WWE, they're just they're cut off from every other uh, form of, you know, wrestling. Right. Um, but let's talk about John Moxley. Actually, you want to take a break real quick? Yeah, hot second. All right, let's take a break. I need to get a little uh, little water in my throat here and then we'll talk about John Moxley being on Chris Jericho's podcast. You're going to be listening to a podcast next about a podcast. <laughs> Very meta. We're coming back. It's Nerd Radio. It's Wednesday night. Time for Nerd Radio. We're back with the final segment of our Squared Circle Roundtable this week's Nerd Radio. Uh, wherever you get in your podcast, and of course, part of the B Pod Studios Network and on social media at Nerd Radio 101. Erica, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on this show. You pretty much dominated this particular show. Which uh, I'm okay with because, uh, as you guys at home can tell, I'm going through a little bit of throat uh, head cold sickness. So I'm more than happy to let everybody else talk this week. Well, and I am happy to help. And I'm happy that you are allowing me a platform to talk about all of this because, I mean, what what, what a week. What a week for wrestling fans. This has this been has outstanding. To, yeah, I mean, it's, it's short of a WrestleMania week, this is the biggest week of the year Yeah, for, for pro wrestling. And part of that is a uh, an episode of Talk is Jericho, Chris Jericho, Y2J's podcast, which uh, just came out about 24 hours ago, featuring... Uh, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, essentially taking WWE creative to task. Now, this is the kind of podcast, much like CM Punk had with um, uh, what's his Cole name? Cabana. Cole Cabana. Thank you very much. However, um, I I feel like in a way it's smarter. It's uh, much more. Dean Ambrose is very obviously burning bridges, but he says right up front 
that he has nothing but gratitude for oh, yeah. his time in world wrestling entertainment. It uh, it's helped him to afford what he can in his life right now and helped him to be the person that he is right now, which is fantastic. That being said, there are some stories in here and anything. If you, you Erica said that you have not been watching uh, raw or SmackDown in quite a few weeks because it's just not doing it for you. Yeah. If you have been watching raw or SmackDown the last couple of weeks, which I have, and you've been wondering why is this terrible? Um, you pretty much got your answers. Like, okay. So, a report came out before this podcast anyway. Um, we touched on it a, a few weeks ago sure. on Nerd Radio, where more or less the creative department is writing for an audience of one. They are writing for Vince McMahon. And if, if Vince doesn't like it, it doesn't make it to air. Right. So that's why things seem to be like Vince is basically writing the shows. Yeah. He's writing, he's writing the shows for himself. Yes. And what. The John Moxley podcast uh, with on Talk as Jericho has done is basically confirm everything that we have already heard. Right. Like, and and actually, I, I find this more fascinating than that initial report. That initial report was like friend of a friend of three writers. And yes. they bitched to someone. So like and it's he's calling into a talk show. So once again, it's one of those things like uh, how I don't know. Correct. How, it, this isn't really from the horse's mouth. This is from the horse's mouth. Nay, mofo. These, these Nay. stories are directly from somebody who has dealt with this. And, and fascinating. Like, if you haven't had a chance to, to go go and listen to the episode, for the love of God. Right. It's, I mean, finish is, our episode first, and then course. go listen to it. Please, yeah, please listen to us more, but, like, listen to the interview in, in its entirety, because there's there's just so much there. But I, I pulled a few of my favorite quotes, which all of them kind of boil down to just how frustrated John Moxley, I, I feel right. weird, I'm like, John, what whatever, uh, was for years with yeah. WWE. Um and and here here we go. Here's just a brief sample of of my favorite things. Uh he so whenever he's had a problem with any of his promos, he always had to go back to the writers room and kind of renegotiate stuff. And uh apparently there was a line in a promo uh using the term pooper scooper right. that he took issue with because he thought it was stupid and rightfully so. So he's talking about going back and forth uh, just exhausted the entire day before even having to go out and wrestle. Uh, John Moxley says, now I go back into the writer's room. This is getting to be an exhausting day. And if you're having trouble following this, imagine what it was like for me. So I go back into the writer's room and success. We got our version of the promo in before the pooper scooper line. Uh, and also keep in mind during this, this is a billion dollar company run by a man who's allegedly a genius. And keep in mind, we're all adults and we're talking about stuff like this. Now, for anyone, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but myself, like there has definitely been um, juvenile humor as of late. Sure. Where it's just like, this is so stupid. Who is writing this? Vince McMahon is writing this. Right. Vince McMahon thinks some of the humor that's been going on, uh, 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 Drake Maverick, uh, peeing, peeing himself, pants, right. hilarious. Right, and that's the part of that story. I remember Dean Ambrose saying, I, I listened to the podcast last night, actually, as I was uh, falling asleep, but I remember him saying that, like, we got to get the pooper scooper line out of there before Vince sees it. Yeah. Because if he sees it, he's going to love it. Yeah. So we need to get it out of there before he even lays eyes on the thing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he continues, uh, w- you know, when he told them that, I'm done. I'm not signing a new contract. 
Um, he talked about just the struggle that he had with be- between he and Vince. He goes, uh, they want to control the narrative. That's the thing Vince hated about this whole situation, why it was so bizarre and there were so many ups and downs because he has no control. Because I told him, I don't care how many zeros you want to put on a piece of paper. I am gone. And he just got he's he's got the million dollar man complex. He has to be able to buy everything he had. That's why he buys or that's why he pays Brock millions of dollars to come in and ruin his company, which I laughed my ass off as soon as I heard that line. Sure. Uh, because he wants to own Brock. He wants to be like, ah, Brock's my attraction. A guy he has no power over, me, he didn't know how to handle it. Which kind of, once again, confirms everything we've suspected about Vince McMahon. Sure. But finally heard from, like, an employee. I would I would love to hear more uh, about Dean Ambrose uh, program with Brock Lesnar because we heard a little bit about it Ooh. when he did the Steve Austin thing on the network. Right. You know, some of that slipped through about how Brock didn't want to do any of the fun stuff that they had led up to mm. once they got to that WrestleMania. And Dean was just like, all right, whatever. Uh, and I would love to hear more of that story because I feel like there is more there. I'm sure there is more there. And I'm sure he shouted out Brock the way he did, probably because he was resentful towards him yeah because i think because that was a wrestlemania match wasn't that it was and i think that was a match that we were all very much we looking were forward extremely to. excited for and did not deliver because it was a typical brock lesnar match brock just throwing a guy around the ring for five or six minutes yeah it was not exciting uh you know he talks about uh you know going to aew and being you know a difference maker and and actually like be mattering to the company right uh let's see you know, one thing that I want to do, because like I if I have something to prove, it's that I want to prove that your creative process, the WWE's creative process sucks. It does not work. It's absolutely terrible. And I said that to Vince. I've said that to Hunter. I've said that to Michael Hayes. I think that I you know, I can't even tell you how their system works. It's some kind of system of meetings that take place in Stanford with the home team. It's writers and producers and producers and m- production meetings. And nobody knows what's approved. And what's not, and like the bureaucratic red tape you have to go through to get anything approved is just crazy. It doesn't work. It's killing the company. I think Vince is the problem. And not so much Vince, but Vince and whatever the structure that he built around himself, probably I'd imagine like 2002 after the sale of WCW. And he started building this infrastructure around himself, this team of writers and whatever and producers and however he does it. And this is how WWE is. And this is what the product is. The product sucks. Great talent. Amazing talent. None of this is their fault. So I'm hoping if I have a goal with WWE or with with AEW, it's that we prove that Vince's way sucks. Right. So that's a direct quote from that is a literal formerly Dean Ambrose and uh, John Moxley. And and that's one of the the things about like I remember um, when Cody had left Mm. and uh, he, he had just gotten done being Stardust. And I was disheartened to find out that he hated being Stardust. Yeah, because I thought Stardust was a lot of fun. It was he was a lot of fun. I mean, he clearly you know, I mean, he took what he was given and made the most of it. Right. And that's you You hear a lot of that in this. Dean uh, cites quite a few of the last uh, things that happened in the last couple of months, like his heel turn against Seth Rollins and how a lot of that was him making the most of really terrible creative um, and, and him talking about not liking being like a prop guy or like the comedy 
the the funny crazy guy and like there was a lot of that i really enjoyed man mitch the plant and well mitch the plant happened years ago because that was all part of his program with jericho right but that's part of this podcast is him talking about the fact that like even then he was like i don't want to i don't want to be this guy yeah i want to branch out i want to be more as a wrestler and them going like no that's a vince very often would tell him no it's so you yeah it's so you and the funny thing is and probably one of the other fascinating things he mentioned on the podcast he said you know when the shield disbanded you know when seth hit you right. know run with the chair blah 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 you know he didn't think that anyone thought he could get over sure they he's like i could have petered out and just gone away and nobody would have cared but he got over with the fans and he 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 sus- suspected that that took everyone by surprise sure and that's uh, that kind of leads into you know how I wanted to wrap up is the 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 other thing that I very uh, that I took away from listening to him talk about how creative works nowadays is is how much the guys that you're seeing on screen the guys and ladies that you're seeing on screen are doing the best with what they are handed. Yeah. So if you were a fan of Becky Lynch, if you were a fan of Seth Rollins or uh, Finn Balor or something like that, it's not their fault, right? They're they're trying their hardest to make sure that they are giving us a product that they are proud of and that, um, you know, that is their best versions of themselves. And they're just being handed some real garbage. So I in, in your opinion, like as a fan, what do we do? <laughs> you don't watch. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's the only way that it is going to get anything done. You you tank their ratings. Yeah. You tank their ratings. You tank their ratings to the point where Fox, who just gave them $5 billion to have SmackDown come to their network, have them go, what were we thinking? And have them freak out. And, you know, when you give somebody $5 billion, you kind of have the right to be like, excuse me, we have a say of what's going on. And, um, you know, it, like something has to change. It's It's not working. Right. I don't know. I, it's it, you're you're right in that you know you kind of vote with your dollar um, mm-hmm. at the same time, but you know I I always so you know I want Becky Lynch to have a job. <laughs> I want to will, have a job. Again, WWE isn't going anywhere. Sure, um, but it can change, and yeah. it's going to have to. Yeah, and that's uh, unfortunately this past week uh, there was no change whatsoever. If anything, it was definitely more of the same mm-hmm. uh, in an effort to try and uh, make it like well, what happened on Saturday doesn't matter. Uh, however, if you think, if you at home, if you're listening to this and you think it doesn't matter, uh, what AEW pulled off this Saturday, uh, I, you got an interesting year ahead of you. Yeah. You are grossly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in, Erica. Thank you for having me. I love talking wrestling with you. I am definitely going to watch, uh, um, NXT this weekend. Oh, absolutely. That is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great show. Um, and I hope that you guys will return and listen to more Nerd Radio. If you uh, have comments, questions, uh, you want to tell us that we're wrong about something, or you want to tell us, yeah, I love I love the show, always hit us up on our social media at Nerd Radio 101. Hit up iTunes. Give us a, give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. Even if you hated it, give us a one-star rating and tell, tell people why you think our show sucks. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us so we can be better, so exactly. we can make a better product for you, because we want to listen to people, unlike other yeah, we're not, we're not just gonna we're just gonna put our nose down and, and go forward like some people. Yeah, just because we like what we're doing, we're making a show for ourselves. No, we're making a show for you guys. Yep. we like sitting here and talking about stuff, and we want to talk about it in a way that you guys want to hear. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, to Nerd Radio. We'll talk to you next week. I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you're nerds. Nobody asked you, Kevin. Have a great weekend. Golden Radio. I know. See you later, nerds. And we're out. How do you feel about it? That's fine. Okay. And then so doing the...
kissing the babies and the shaking the hands. Yeah. And then I got pulled At least into you remembered it. to do it in the right order. Yes. When you start shaking babies, then yeah, people get that's real bad. upset. Yeah, they, the infants especially hate that. Yeah, for sure. Some it's of them bad gig- for their health. They giggle at first. Yeah, well, then once and they then, realize, oh, this is not a joyful yeah. jiggle. Right, for sure. A shaking of a baby. 